What is up, everybody? Chris Hollifield here. I want to give you a nice, warm welcome to a brand new episode of the I Am Salt Lake podcast. Hey, our website, IamSaltLake.com. This is where you can go and listen to the entire catalog of back episodes of the podcast. All 500 plus episodes are right there on the website. Go listen to them. Go check them out. Hey, is this your first time listening to the podcast and now you're wondering, what am I about to get into? What am I about to listen to? Well, this podcast is all about showcasing awesome people right here in Salt Lake City, Utah. We're talking to musicians, authors, business owners, restaurant owners, breweries, distilleries, food truck owners, really anyone that might have a cool story to share. Really quick, before we get into this episode, I want to let you guys know that I'm a licensed real estate agent here in the state of Utah. I'm based out of Keller Williams. I'm on the Be Heard team. I'm loving it, and I would love to help you guys by giving you a free market analysis of your home. Really simple, really easy, no strings attached. Just reach out to me, get in touch, shoot me a text, give me a call, 801-244-2908 and I'll give you a free market analysis of your home. Maybe you're curious what kind of equity you've built on it over the last couple of years. Well, I'd love to help you out on that. Again, uh, my phone number is 801-244-2908. Get in touch. I'd love to chat with you. And on that note, let's get into this conversation on uh, I Am Salt Lake podcast. This is a good one, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy. a little introduction I've kind of wanted to do for this. I've been thinking, like, how can I introduce this episode with John Farmer? Because <laughs> here's the thing, John, is you're kind of, you're almost like part of the I Am Salt Lake family, really. I mean, I kind of I consider, mean, I hope so. consider <laughs> like you a, to be part like of it. Like a cornerstone of where it came from. Yeah. I, you really helped me in the beginning of the, of the podcast. You were I, on episode, so I want to run this down really quick here, John. Right. The very first time you were on the podcast, December 31st. 2012. So, so that was the very first time that was like episode 30. Yeah. The second time was a year later in December 22nd. So December has a theme here, I guess. Apparently it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I was like, so, maybe he made a New Year's resolutions hmm. and yeah. this is how he stays accountable. <laughs> That's right. This is, how I, this is how I count my rings. You yes. know? It's like, like a tree. And then the, the <laughs> nice. third time, do you remember when we did that episode with Dan and Sean as well from over at AMR over there? Wow. That was episode 161 was the last time... You were officially on the podcast. Now this is going to be episode 524. Okay. So that, that was. That's awesome. And a shame. Six six (laughs) years later. Wow. Six years later. Took us six Six years years. to get you back on here, John. Wow. Wow. I don't don't know why. Because life has been absolutely insane. Like from the get go. It's been nonstop. So. Well, what's, I mean, let's start with Utah Musicians Radio and, and all of that. Yeah. If you want to start there. I mean, I, I cause I would so. love to find out what's going on with it. Cause that was kind of for listeners listening. I used to record this podcast out of that studio here in Salt Lake. It was an ago. honor, by the way, on my side, I loved having you there. It was, it was an absolute pleasure, man. It was, it was always fun watching your shows and, and sitting in and, and watching you do your magic. It was, it was always fun. And to make this better, this is my birthday episode. 
Really? Mon- Monday is my birthday. Hey. So this is this is going to be my birthday episode. Well, happy Circle. birthday. Well, thank you. I just thought of that too. I'm like, listen. Do you, do this you dare is... say your age? Or are you 44? 44. Nice. Yeah. So I, I just mean, turned the big five zero this year. So well, happy birthday to that too. Thank I mean, you. Uh, Fifty. That was a. What did you think of fifty? Was that a tough age to turn? I I think I think leading up to fifty, yeah, I was I was like, oh my god, I'm going to be fifty. Like I, I I've lost a lot of friends either due to COVID or physical things, you know. And so for me, it's like, you know, a lot of high school friends to boot. So I'm sitting there like, like going, mortality's oh, kicking man, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I already had, you know, I I had a heart attack in 2017, so my mortality thinking is already heightened. But then it's like when friends start dropping off, you're like. Yikes. I really, you know, so, I mean, it is what it is. So I'm, but I, you know, now I'm, now I'm half, half a year through 50 and I'm feeling great. Nice. Well, there you go. Now I have something to look forward to, right? When yep. I turn 50, Dude, six years, 50 is the new 30. Yeah. I like to think so. My body dis- disagrees, but the rest <laughs> of me is like, yeah, man, you're good. So, so back to Utah musicians radio. Then. Yeah. What, what's going on with that? So... Back in the day, it started as Utah Musicians Radio, then it grew into American Musicians Radio, and then it grew even further into Global Music Radio. And um, we had 46 countries under our belt. It all started here in Utah. I mean, just all the amazing people here and the support and the musicians. Couldn't have got where I was at without them. Um, Back in 2017, uh, yeah, I had kind of a a basic falling out with my business partners and everything. So I wanted to get back into my roots and go back to Utah musicians. Uh, Had a friend of mine who wanted to take, take the leap and join and and kind of keep GMR going global music radio. And so that went for about two years and then we kind of parted ways and I've taken about two years, two years off from any kind of radio um, just regaining my bearings, getting back on my feet. I've had so many other things going on that, you know, we'll talk about, but, um, so I took a break on that. Uh, but the last, uh, couple of months I'm sitting back going, you know what? I got to get back to my roots. And so 2022, early 2022, I've already started developing the new website. I've got a server. So we're going to be, now we're going to have different genres, but I'm strictly sticking with Utah. I'm sticking with my roots and the people I love the most. So Utah music radio is going to be coming back. So do you have to like collect all the music again, or do you have all the music or what's going on there? I still have a whole ton of music from a whole ton of bands. Um, so, if, I, but if local bands are listening, maybe they should reach out to, absolutely. You to get their music on there. Right? Yep, yeah. yep. And that'll that'll come. Um, you can find it on Utah Musicians and Entertainment. The entertainment is tied in with my wife Alicia and I's company, Zepstone Media, which is the film company, which we'll get into. And, here. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, if you want to reach out, go to Facebook, go to Utah Musicians and Entertainment, and send me a message there. And I'll get back with you and send you my email to be able to get it going. But right now I'm still in the development stage and getting everything going. So right now I don't want to give out too much, but yes, 2022, get ready. We're going to be having a new radio station that supports only locals 24-7. Anything uh, you care to share that's going to be different this time around or is it not? Genres. Okay. Yeah, genres. Um, One of the biggest problems that we ran into before was 
you would just turn on the station and it could be rap, country, blues, punk, folk music, classical, all mixed together. Um, now I think um, I'm going to probably pull out about, I'm going to start out with probably six different genres, maybe 12, um, just the core um, sure, yeah. elements out there. And then, you know, just go from there. So. I think that'll be nice too. Cause I think I remember listening to it sometimes and be like, man, I wish it would, you know, it'd stay all metal or, you know, it'd yeah. stay all, you know, punk, like you said. And, yep. and uh, yeah. sometimes you'd have to listen to something you didn't really want to listen to. And then well, you switch the yeah, station, you, but you'd want to support it. Right. You'd still yeah. want to support it, but yeah, yeah. you were like, nah. and you may be surprised. I mean, there may yeah. be something out there that'll blow your mind. And that's the greatest thing about the station is that I've had so many people tell me, um, that it's probably the best radio station they listen to because it's not the same songs. It's not just shoved down your throat and it's actually, it's not homogenized. Yeah. It's, it's from the heart. It's from the soul. It's, it's the raw material that you get out of these guys. And it, it's great. What is it about the local music scene that you love? Everything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I what, love everything about it. We I have mean, like talented as a, musicians. Oh here. yeah. As a musician myself, just, just the caliber of musicians here are astounding. You know, yeah. I mean, when you think about the used coming out of Utah and Imagine Dragons, how the, and the Killers, and um, so much great music. Man. Yeah, um, Neon Trees, and how much they, yeah, the used. David Archuleta. No, yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Going, but, it's, but it's true. But the thing is, is that the music that comes out of out of this state influences so much new music that we hear today. Yeah, like the used, for example. How many bands were spawned from just the used? You know. So I mean, it's it's awesome. I I that. So what I love about this state is that, or the the music and the community here is that. The talent, the people are genuine, uh, the diversity, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think about it, but I mean, one of the, one of the greatest things is that this is a black hole. I've, I've had producers from NBC tell me that they want to keep Utah a secret. That's why when you watch The Voice, that's why when you watch, uh, there's always somebody from Utah. Yeah. Every hmm. time. Uh, so you think you can dance, uh, all of that. There's always somebody from Utah. That's kind of that sleeper that comes in and, <laughs> you know, like Jordan M young, that was on the voice and came yeah. in second. I totally disagree with it, but again, I'm biased, but yeah, he should, <laughs> he should have taken first, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I just, I love supporting community. I was kind of raised by that. I was raised helping others and, and building people up. So yeah. if anything I can do, I mean, I've had bands that were in central Utah that all they could do is record their band in their living room on a recorder and they sent it to me and I played it and they were listening and it happened to be between Jesus rides a rickshaw and Royal bliss. And so you've got this tape recording pretty much between these two high production, you know, and they, and they were, happened to be listening. And I got an email probably a couple of, I would say about a month or so later. And they send me this new song and they're like, get rid of that one. We heard ourselves on the radio and we're like, whoa, we got to up our game. And so they went to a local studio, they recorded their music and they sent it to me so they had a better product. And I thought, isn't that, that's awesome because not only did it help the local economy with the studio, it helped them tighten themselves up and get better. And it built the radio station up too with better content. So, I mean, it was a win-win for everybody. And I, I love that. Yeah. That's really cool. 
All right, we're going to take just a couple of minutes now and talk about one of our awesome sponsors. I love these guys, utahmarijuana.org. They are your number one spot for all things medical marijuana, medical cannabis, CBD, and THC. I want to give a shout out to Tim Pickett. I don't know if you guys remember back on episode 420 when we had him on the podcast, we found out about medical marijuana here in Utah. Now utahmarijuana.org is a sponsor of this podcast. They have a team of medical cannabis experts that make getting your medical card easy from your first office visit to navigating the state card application and beyond. With over 20 compassionate and highly skilled qualified medical providers ready to help you find relief, you won't have to search for a doctor willing to recommend cannabis treatment. The patient experience team at utahmarijuana.org is dedicated to helping you get all the way through the process so you can get your medicine legally. And right now, they're offering an exclusive discount to I Am Salt Lake listeners. Just use the code GREEN25 for $25 off your first visit. Take advantage of that, because not only do you save $25, but it also lets them know, hey, I'm a listener of I Am Salt Lake podcast. Thank you for sponsoring the podcast. Head on over to their website as well, utahmarijuana.org. Tons of resources about medical marijuana here in Utah. Uh, you could listen to the podcast, Utah on the Weeds, on, on there and find out about all of their locations that they have here in Utah. Again, the website, utahmarijuana.org. Go check it out. Go support these guys. And many thanks to, uh, to them for sponsoring this podcast. One thing I like about our local music scene is it seemed like they were um, creative in ways to kind of keep playing music through COVID. Right, like with some of the outdoor shows that they were doing. Oh yeah, and, I mean, yeah, when they finally opened the door, when they finally opened the gates to that. <laughs> yeah, well, finally, I mean, there were a lot of states. I mean, there, well, not anymore, but I know there were some states that were wishing they could play music. And I mean, we're we're over here having live music in Utah, so I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's one good thing about our local music scene. I mean, there's granted, I'm sure COVID still. Yeah, when they did took the outdoors, a toll on the on the music community. Yeah. I mean, when they did their outdoors concerts and everything like that, I thought that was fantastic and innovative. Yeah. Um, when they did it at drive, drive in theaters, yeah. you know, and I was just like, that is brilliant. And the thing that just irritates me about Facebook is they're, I don't know what it is with them and music. They absolutely despise music. I mean, Why, when, what, what do you mean? Like when I first started Utah musicians, it was a Facebook page. Oh yeah. Yeah. Share this story. And, and so I've been in the industry for so long that I had friends and just all over all these musicians. And so I just hit them up and said, Hey, send me your best song and I'll load it up on the Facebook page. And then people can just click play and listen and then follow you guys. And, and that was kind of the basic premise of, Hey, you know, let's get this thing going and have all these bands submit their music. And there was a player and literally within about six weeks, they killed the player. They took the player out. And so I turned to a buddy of mine and I'm like going, dude, we've, this thing's growing. We need to get this thing up and running. So he ends up setting up my computer to run it for my house. And my internet allowed maybe 13 listeners, you know, at 96 bots. So you might as well have been listening to it to an old, old school phone. If yeah. you want to listen to it, you know, <laughs> when I opened it up and started the, the station, uh, I was booting off about 500 people a minute. It was just cycling, just showing all rejections. Wow. And I was like, oh my God. So I called my buddy up and I said, what do we do? And he's like, well, there's these server farms that can do this. Let's get you hooked up. So the next day I get on there and then that's how it blew up. But I had to literally 
in panic mode. I'm like, oh my God, there's no more player. What do I do? So that's because of Facebook, I started the radio station, killing it out like that. And then now during the pandemic, you had all these bands start up these pages, um, even group pages where you could go. And in fact, yeah. I think I invited you to one so you could check out all the local artists that were, and there's like 30,000, 40,000 people that were going on this page to see le- local artists play. They, they, they go live and then they play their music and Facebook after about eight months, Shut it down. Well, of course. Why not, right? Why? <laughs> why? You're why, getting why? content. You're getting people in there, you know? Yeah, and yet they that's just- really they, interesting. What, so, what, and, did they and, say why they shut it down? Because it's music. Well, like from that a user- That was literally it. It was literally- From a user against, experience perspective, that seems like self-destruct. Yeah. Like why would you- t- You know, I, yeah. I don't understand the- the logic behind it at all. I thought Facebook, their goal was to keep people on their platform. So if people want to go and watch music, it will keep them on their platform. Right? It, it, it makes yeah. me wonder if they have something on the, the side that they're building that's going to have their own Facebook music. Uh, yeah. You know, Meta they're, music. They're going to go all monopoly on us. <laughs> they already are. But you know what though? Facebook is, we love them and hate them, right? <laughs> we, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's funny. Can't I, I, live I, with I, it. Can't live without it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, uh, uh, I see people, and I was one of them for a while. <laughs> I'm shame. I have no shame admitting that. But you know, you're on Facebook bitching about Facebook. It's like you know, why is Facebook? Screw Facebook! And everyone's like, "Well, then get the hell off Facebook." I'm like, "No, I don't want to get off Facebook." We're like teenagers, <laughs> yeah. and Facebook yeah. is our mom. Or it's and like, we're like they meh. complain about meh. the people they're following. It's like, well, you don't have to follow these people. You don't have to be friends with these people. Right. If you don't like what they're saying, then unfriend them. You right. Know? Right. Yeah. There's you always have user error. And user stupidity at the end of the day. <laughs> True story. True story. You can only do so much. Yeah. <laughs> let's uh, let's get into Zepstone Media, man. This yeah. is uh, this is kind of your newer things that you're involved in since we've chatted last. I mean, yeah, obviously I mean, over the last six, six years, years. Yeah, a few things have changed. Uh, I mean, and it, I, when did that? I mean, how did that happen? What's that? I mean, talk about that. What is Zepstone Media? So Zepstone Media, and and Alicia will be here in January. Yeah. So I will definitely let her give you the finite details of where the name came from. It's okay. basically Zepstone, uh, and I'm going to butcher it, I know, but it's the, it's, it's the first stone. Zep is, I think, first in, okay. in Egyptian, if I remember right. And again, I don't want to butcher it up and, and have my wife go, oh my God, John, how many times have I told this story? She's going to say it too. So <laughs> let, me, let me say it now. Oh my God, John, I can't believe you don't remember this. I've said it a million times. <laughs> there you go. Anyway. It sounds like something Chrissy would Pre-called out. Yeah, yeah probably. pre-called out. So <laughs> when, we, when we listen, I'll, I'll be like pointing at her right now. I'm like, yeah. So anyway, um, so Zep stone is basically the first stone or the cornerstone. And that's why we have the pyramid as our logo. And this is really her baby. Um, she started as a photography company. Okay. And so she was taking pictures of people and you know, all of that. And so how we really got into film, she's always loved film. She wanted to get into film. And, uh, so we got together and I just kind of pushed a little bit of, you know, why don't we, why don't we do more with this then? Um, because at that point I didn't really have the radio station anymore. I had, you know, I've stepped back, but I was bored as shit. <laughs> I had to like, just get something going. So, so let's, let's do this. Let's, let's, you know, um, put something together. 
So and nothing was put together at this point. Then. She was just doing she photography, was doing photography and everything. Yeah. Like for uh like like headshots or what headshots, kind of Headshots, modeling, okay. all that okay. stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She and she's a phenomenal Which we'll get into on her episode, yeah. obviously. Yeah. But um and so anyway, uh we always were talking about making a film. And so I said, I'm like, Well, let's just do it. And she was making excuses like we all do, and I was like, Well, here's the computer. Let's start writing. And I literally just put the laptop in her computer and we'd been talking about politics and all this. And it was when Trump was uh, president and everything. And um, so basically it's a political commentary on life. Um, basically you have four people stuck in an elevator, um, but we like to mix it up. So you have a black Christian Republican, you have a uh, redheaded Muslim white guy you have a pagan witch billionaire who owns the building that they're that they're stuck in. Female. Wait, wait, what is this? That was? this is a Tolo. This is the oh, film that we were writing. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. I'm like throwing you I feel you like I'm in an yeah, amazing yeah, yeah. dream. I was like, wait, wait, what? Wait, okay, here okay, we okay, go. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, Everybody, grab your shrooms. Let's yeah, go for a ride. Go. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's the film Atolo. Okay. And so, yeah, I, I go right into into marketing mode. <laughs> no, you're good. You're pitch, good. So that was mode, the elevator pitch. It was, pitch. It was so interesting, pitch. but I wasn't sure where it was connecting, but I would This yeah, was the first film that you did. So this is our very first film that we, that we I handed the laptop to her and I said, let's write a film. And it happens to be Atolo, okay. which is that story. Okay. And I apologize for the confusion. Everybody. Okay, no, 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 you're good. I get excited and it's, jump way yeah. light years ahead of myself, but... Um, Anyway, so, uh, and then you have a professor that uh, teaches chaos theory, and he's an atheist. Okay. And so, a lot of them are there. It was voting day, and so they end up being stuck in this elevator, and um, it's it's really kind of, I mean, you can take it however you want to, you know, but the premise is, is that we're all stuck on an elevator. This earth is an elevator. You're not going anywhere. You're not, you're not going to go off and, and get to the next level and land on the moon and, and live your life. You're, you're here. And so it's basically, they're stuck in the elevator for about 10 hours and, um, people that save them are public service, you know, people as firemen and the person that, uh, drops the balls a stoner, but it goes through the chain of command, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got the billionaire who owns the building, who contacts the manager, the manager contacts the secretary, the secretary contacts. So you see the chain of command of dysfunction that breaks all the way down to the bottom of the totem pole, which is the maintenance guy that's supposed to be fixing the elevator, but he just spaces it. <laughs> and and leaves them in there. Yeah, and so it's yeah, like they a all parable. have to. Yeah, did you act in the? Did, were you? I the directed film? it. You I, directed. Yeah, it. Okay. Alicia and I wrote it, and I directed it. it was but my you very weren't first. in it, though. You weren't. No, you, she was in it. You didn't have she like was, a little role, you know, like just oh, like a little hey, walk no, you know, by, I, maybe. You know? Actually, yes, I do. I I did a uh, Alfred Hitchcock. I came out yeah. of the elevator at first, and and we got me in there, and I was also the fireman, so it kind of balances out the two. But okay, nice. Very low budget, <laughs> but it's my first directorial debut on film. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's pretty good, you know, but it's, I mean, talk, talk about that experience, your first time directing a film. Yeah. I mean, I've directed, you know what I've you directed, were doing? I've directed I've, plays and modern dance and, uh, you know, other things on that scale, but never a film. So, so you had a little bit of experience, a little directing, experience in directing, yeah. but you forget when you watch TV next time you watch, um, 
take five minutes of one episode, get a clicker or whatever, just count. And within the first five minutes, count how many different shots there are in those five minutes. And you'll count probably a hundred. And you have to realize that, okay, this person's talking. So now if there's a camera, there's a guy behind me and he's looking at you. And then there's, then we're going to do another take and it's going to be aiming at you. Then we're going to do another take with the camera over there looking at me. And then we're going to do another take with the camera looking up, up this way and down this way. So every single one of those is a take that you get and then you edit it all together. So it creates drama or comedy or whatever. So and yeah, that's you where about geometry that. and, plays uh-huh, in. Okay, and, guys, when your math teacher said you're going to use this one day. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> Sounds like a problem. It, it yeah, for me it is. <laughs> but yeah, so I uh, yeah, so I that was one of the biggest learning curves for me. Is like, oh yeah, we got to take it from this angle. And luckily, our DP, uh, who's a really good guy, but man, he didn't want to have anything to do with this afterwards. But. Um, yeah, he did a, f- a fantastic job on all the different angles. He's like, do you want to do a different angle? I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess we need to, don't we? Okay, yeah, sure, let's do it. So that was my That's cool. So you kind of had that first. guidance into the, the video realm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay, and then cool. And then Alicia is a damn genius. And I, and I mean that in every sense of the imagination. I mean, very literally, she uh, has a brain that is like no other that I've, that I've ever met. She's insanely intelligent. So she takes all of these things into consideration, all of these things. So when we did our next film, which was city of salt, well, we did a few 48 hour film festivals and that was crazy in itself. So that's like, you have 48 hours to write it, uh, film it, edit it, score it and get it in. And that's like, it's a 48 hour, like you're up 48 hours putting this all together. So we did a couple of those. Then we did city of salt, which is our very first feature film. And that was, that was an amazing film. That was a lot of fun, covered a lot of topics here in salt Lake, you know, drug abuse, how the church influences people, but we don't use the church. You know, we just put it out there that, you know, everybody knows. And, um, but yeah, like drug abuse, suicide, LGBTQ. I mean, and that's really what it was, is it's about a it's about an LGBTQ uh girl that comes out during her father's political campaign and he's a Republican. We had Rocky Anderson in it and we had Jim DeBacchus. No kidding. And, and they played Republicans. <laughs> so I mean, where that's, can people that's see- the twist that we like putting on all of our films so where can people see this film or you can actually your see films, you any can, of the films so Atolo you can find on Zepstone Media on YouTube we just threw that on there um, just within the last couple of weeks and then uh, you can have you can watch City of Salt on Amazon Prime okay so, yeah so you so, can watch it there like, like how long of a movie is City of Salt it's almost two hours. Oh wow! Yeah, it's wow. it's, it's so a long a one. Two hour film like that. How long did that take you to make? Like fifteen uh, weeks. Fifteen weeks yeah. of 15, filming 15 or fifteen weekends. weeks of, of all all of it together took fifteen weekends. Um, like editing all, and from from well no, just the filming was uh it t- it took us about a year to complete wow. the entire film. People don't realize it. it, you know, and we, there's so much to yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, just, just the editing alone took, uh, and took that's what I'm trying to express and, here on the podcast is like, Hey guys, th- these movies that you're watching at the theaters and on TV, they take a long time to make. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, that was, that was another process of mine that I, uh, had to 
Is that tough for you to be patient like that? To like be like, okay, we got to do another take. We got to do another this. And when you prep for it, no. But when you end up having to rush things a little bit because you you got time constraints on the location, or you know, it's like one in the morning, then you're just like, okay, we got to wrap this up, make it fast. You know. Yeah. So, but I've recorded a couple of commercials, right? And 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 the couple of takes that I remember we had to do, it just drove me bonkers. I don't, I don't think I could do movies. I don't think I could be an actor. You know, it's, that's, that's not my, it's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I just, uh, so yeah, we, we've got that. All right. This episode of I am Salt Lake podcast is brought to you by our new friends over at the wisdom app. All right. So check this out. This upcoming Thursday, December 9th at 8 PM mountain standard time. I'm going to go live on the Wisdom app, and I'll be talking live with the listeners of this podcast. So what I need you to do is go to the App Store on your smartphone right now, download the Wisdom app. It's just spelled W-I-S-D-O-M. Sign up. Make sure you're following I Am Salt Lake, so that way when I go live this upcoming Thursday, December 9th at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, uh, you should get notified. Tune in. Listen. Ask me questions. It's going to be fun, you guys. So many thanks to uh, the Wisdom app for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Let's get back into it. For me, right. Well, well, our our newest one, and again, this would be great for Alicia to talk about, is Rite of the Shaman. Okay. We're just, we just wrapped up. We're on the final stages. We actually just got nominated in the Utah Film Awards. So or we're not nominated, but we're um, going to be premiering our, our film there. Oh, wow. So, yeah, um, really excited about that. We've got Ride of the Shaman, which is about a, a mute teenager. He's mute by trauma. He lost his father and his grandfather. So as a young kid, he just kind of yeah. stopped Closed talking. Mm-hmm. And um, his mom has cancer. And so, as a teen, you know, the typical teenager stuff, getting bullied, but what it ends up being is kind of a, a morality on doing the right thing and, uh, you know, finding your voice and all that. So it's, it's, and, and, and the, everything that's in this film, not everything, but for the most part uh, are things that have actually happened. Um, so one of the writers, her name's Janice Spencer Wise. She helped write this. She's a teacher at Brighton and she had a student who committed suicide just before he killed himself. He nominated her for teacher of the year. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. That's part of the film. I was in a, uh, I was actually having a really bad day. I was at Smith's uh, I go in, I, I go to get in my car and there's a sticker on my, on my window that says, you are loved just randomly out of nowhere. And I was like, what are the odds of that? How, how cool is that? I'm having a rough day. And then there's a sticky note on my door that says you are loved. And so I was like, wow. And it, so we put that in the film as well of like people doing good things. It's the ripple effect. You, people doing small things that uh, make differences, you know, everyday heroes. So yeah, I actually ended up keeping that note and I, our, our next door neighbor is a police officer. Okay. I'm not one for 
waving the the blue stripe flag or anything like that. If anybody knows me, I'm more of an anarchist that way. But um, I know their job isn't easy. I know their job sucks. And I know they need a lot of help too. Because you just don't know. You're going to pull somebody over for a burned out taillight and you can get shot. And that's insanity. Um, So they do deserve respect. Uh, I don't agree with all of their methods sometimes, but... Again, that's that's that. But anyway, the next door neighbor was there, and I ended up putting that on their window because I thought if they see that, that maybe somebody that they end up pulling over, they'll go in with a little bit better attitude or something like that, or just know that, hey, you know what? You got a tough job. You're loved. And just put it out there for for them to yeah. feel good, you know? Because yeah. how, how many times have you said, hey, thanks, officer, for giving me that ticket. I appreciate <laughs> you so much. That's thanks for point. pulling me over, dickhead, you know? <laughs> they, like, you remember the experiment they did, wasn't it in Utah here, where there was the day they pulled people over to give them free ice cream cones? That wasn't the day I or got pulled over. It was like they were pulling them over to do something nice. I'm going to Google it sometime. But yeah, and people. How rad would that be, though, off. if a cop was just out giving out ice cream cones? Like, here, well, man. Well, you get a heart like, attack first, right? Yeah, first like, your heart's racing. God damn it, what did I do? And it's like, here's an ice cream. I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you're wasting my day for an ice cream cone. I love you guys, but no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Derail. Yeah, I don't know. So, so you put so, the sticker on on the officer's door. So, yep, and that was it. And Did you ever hear was, back from the officer? No, because we. Oh, I it, guess it was anonymous. Know. They didn't know. So they, yeah, I didn't want them to know, and and I didn't know who did it. It's for nice. Me. Pay it so forward. Just, just paying it forward, you know. And so that was in the film. My my stepson um, is the one that actually had cancer, okay. not the mother, but he and he he beat it. Oh, wow. And and, uh, yeah, the survive, you know, the mortality rate's pretty high on that, you know? So he, he beat the odds. That's awesome. And then, and then the poor kid gets hit by a car. Holy (laughs) crap. In the middle of, you know, right after. In the movie or in real life? In real life. Oh, hit and run. No kidding. On a skateboard. What is right? I remember you were telling me about that when we went out for coffee there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Second family member in that neighborhood to get nailed by a car, hit and run. And I'm just like, I am not liking this place very much right now, but yeah. You know. Oh man. But yeah. So, but, um, he, again, beat the odds. I mean, the car was going pretty fast, ran a stop sign, nailed him, flings him up in the air, shatters his wrist and he's back on his feet and just kicking butt. So I couldn't be more proud of that kid. So, so in these, in these films that you're making, you kind of put a little bit of real life into them, mm-hmm. like kind of uh, stuff that's going on in your life. Maybe that's cool. I yeah. know. It's like you're taking your life and like making something that's a lesson from all of your experiences Yeah, like in a film. Yeah. We, you know, and, and it, it gives it more of that reality, I guess, you know, it's not fluff. It's, these are real things that happen to real people and um, we want to incorporate that. So maybe other people can go out there and, and be inspired and, and make change. And that's really kind of what Sepstone's all about is making social change, bringing, bringing things up and, you know, so. Where, where do you want to see this go? Where do you want to see this filmmaking take you? The Oscars. Okay. I mean, yeah, yeah might as well. Yeah. I mean, go for the gold, man. Yeah. yeah. I actually have a, a favorite film. I've got, I've got two at the moment, 
but the the one the second one hasn't been released yet. That's see you next Tuesday, but that one is comedy gold. That's I wrote I wrote and directed that, and uh, that one's that one's gonna be fun. That's coming out first of this year too. Um, Polygamy gone wrong. That one is um, I, I I still consider that a masterpiece, and you can find that on YouTube right now too. That one will just. And I scored that. I scored that and, and co-directed. Uh, it's based on a photograph series that Alicia took of these, uh, of a pagan ritual, pretty much. And it's where the women end up. Um, I mean, you can, I don't want to give it away, but I mean, if you go and look at the photographs, they, they end up just taking them out. And that's kind of, you know, so, but it's, uh, it's a great film. And, and we actually got the name because she was going to do it as, a witch's right kind of thing, ritual, uh, ritual. And then, uh, um, and that was the, the photograph series. Um, but we were sitting there one day up at, um, up in park city at Wasatch pub. And we're sitting there and we're like, well, what, what kind of name could we come up with for this film? And I ordered a polygamy Porter and I'm like, angry women taking out a dude. And I'm like, polygamy gone wrong there it is so that's how the name came up was from the polygamy porter beer i'm like okay it's a it's a real it's a guy that basically collects women as their wives and abuses them and they live on a farm and they have this ritual that they go to and that's when all fun happens oh man it's um like midsummer esque. It's 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 kind of like that, and it's like get midsummer and the lighthouse. And I need to see the lighthouse. Oh, you haven't seen the lighthouse uh-uh. yet? Oh boy, watch the lighthouse. All right, on it. Then go watch uh, Polygamy Gone Wrong. You'll see where I get my like. I I was very influenced. Yeah, by uh, by the lighthouse. William Defoe and Robert Pattinson. The only time I can say that Robert did a good job. <laughs> Because I am not a fan of his by any stretch, but he killed it. Yeah, and just it was a it was a phenomenal film. You should watch it. Right so, on. so let's. I want to back up a little bit here because yeah, like when you were younger, did you want to make movies or is this? I mean, this just kind of hit you later in life. I, uh, I can't remember if you said that or not. No, you know it's funny. I um, when I was a kid, a friend of my 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 two friends uh, Brian and Steve, yeah. we had a we had a eight millimeter camera. Uh, that was my grandfather's. And so we'd made these, we actually made a star Wars uh, okay. film and you could see the strings holding up the millennium. Fly. I mean, we were 12. Sure. You sure. Know. Did you do That's ever awesome. do like the stop motion yeah, with, the, with the yeah. video cameras? Yeah, and, and we stuff? did. All, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We did all that. That's how they walked across. The, yeah. You know, that always blew my mind. I do not have the patience. But it was, that. Oh, we didn't either. We were kids, but we just like, you know, move it and then be like an inch and inch. So there was like, like Gumby, you know, Gumby yeah. and Toby, <laughs> like you know? shooting across. It's the, like the, the, you know, the, <laughs> the sticky notepad of a kid on a skateboard that we all drew. Oh, did you yeah. do that in the corner? Yeah. Yep. And so, um, it started out there and then, um, I pretty much just fell in love with music. Um, when I hit probably 13, 14, uh, Molly crew, all sure. those, you know, all the major bands, Iron Maiden and all that. I was, I was a metal head. So yeah, then it was, that was it music. I mean, I'd been playing music since I was three. I was on the piano since I was three and just messing around couldn't, couldn't stand lessons. So it was all self-taught, but 
yeah, once once I got introduced to heavy metal, that was that was the end all be all. That's what I wanted to be. And I just and and that was music. So So are you speaking of music, are you able to put any like local music in any of the soundtracks in any of these films? So that's the whole point of Utah Musicians and Entertainment. Uh City of Salt has um all independent music, um, 13 bands from Utah, two from other countries, um, that we have connections with, but yeah, the majority of it was all local, local music on see you next Tuesday. I did not have time or the resources to find the local bands that could play this type of music that I'm pulling up, but that's the, really the whole goal. Um, the guy, John Newton on polygamy gone wrong played for four different presidents. He was, he was oh, wow. one of the wow. main, uh, violinists. So when you hear the score, we have, it's classic, uh, an amazing score with a violin, but all, everything else that weaves into it, that's all me. So yeah, it's, uh, so I scored that one, but yeah, we really, try our absolute best oh we've got kate mcleod on ride of the shaman okay and then we've got uh donovan why am i drawing a blank on his last name all of a sudden donovan colton he is a prodigy he uh so i know him from when he was 10 years old it was kind of a uh, partridge family kind of family up in i think they were up in heber if i remember right and this kid was writing all the music for their family family band at ten years old, and no the kidding. music was insanely good. Huh. It was That's so just cool. and so his older sisters and all that, and she's actually helping uh, write a few things and 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 do artwork for us and everything. I mean, they're just an incredibly talented family. But yeah, now he's into classical. He's into scoring for films. So he helped score City Assault. He's now the one that did uh, Ride of the Shaman and Kate McLeod. She actually wrote a, an original for us. Um, so that, and she's she's a, an amazing musician. So she plays Celtic music and nails it. That's so cool. Yeah. Let's say that one of our listeners wanted to get more active in the local film community. Mm-hmm. What would be a good way to start? I mean, you'd be a good, you'd be a good person to ask, I figure. Yeah. Right? Yep. The best thing to do if you want to get involved is um, find a production, find find something out there. Okay. Uh, go go on Facebook, go to Utah Films. Uh, Alicia can tell you a whole bunch of them. There's. Um, I'll ask her the same question, but yeah. you know, yeah, ask her the same question because she'll she'll give you a, a million of them. Um, but I'll look one up right now, real quick. Um, Just because I get people, they they'll reach out to me, right? They'll they'll send me an email. They'll say, "Hey, I'm moving to Salt Lake, or I moved to Salt Lake, and I want to get active in this. I want to get active in this community or that community." And oh, who yeah. knows? Maybe the film community they want to get. Yeah, you want to yeah. hit Utah filmmakers. Um, that's a good one. And this is a website or a Facebook group? It's on Facebook, Facebook page. Facebook? Yep. Okay. And, and they'll post, um, they'll post, oh yeah, Utah Film, Utah Filmmakers, all those. Um, and they post gigs all the time, like actors, they're looking for, you know, people that are just that need gaffers or, you know, all, all of that stuff. So um, grips and yeah, and just, just get involved. And and one of the great things with us, with Zepstone, is if you reach out to us and you want to learn, we're all about mentoring people. We've had um, students come in on our set and, and help with production just so that they can get some time in, get their really? credits. And uh, and other times they're just, they just want to learn. They just want to know what it's like to be on a film set. 
So we have them come in and say, okay, we need that light moved over there, you know, and get the supervisor to show them how to do it. And that's cool. So yeah, we little we, job shadow. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. Cause we're all, we're all about mentoring people. Uh, we, we love that. I'll have to come and check out one of your sets sometime. That'd be a lot of fun. I think, I mean, oh. I know I was like saying acting wasn't my thing, but you know, I'll still come check <laughs> it's, out. Which it. is funny because you'd be an incredible actor. Yeah. You're probably right. You're probably I, yeah. right. I know he, he would be. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, if you need a stunt double or something, well, I, 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 yeah. not a stunt double. If you need to pull an April Fool, okay, wrong a wording stunt there. Double. Double. All right, I gotta jump off this cliff real quick. Wait, uh, hold on, Chris. I gotta get life insurance first. <laughs> <Chris>. <laughs> I'm not feeling this. You got this? <laughs> oh, it's been a long week. That would week. be interesting. Oh man, oh man. So what? I mean, so what else have you been doing? I I mean, besides film, besides so, uh, local music, I mean, is there any any other projects you've been up to over yeah, the last few years um, that you want to talk about? So the other one that, the other big one uh, is Bonfire Honey, which is Oh yeah, my, what's, I, I saw this on your Facebook page. What yeah, is this? So Bonfire Honey is actually uh, caramels and chocolate covered caramels and honey. Um, that, I'm listening. That I, <laughs> I know. I, Interested? I should, Damn it! I should, why didn't I bring it? Anyway, oh, get right. out of I'll here. bring it over next time. Next yes, time. Next time. I'll have Alicia bring it. Yeah. Um. So what it is is, uh, so back twenty back in 2017 when um I had my heart attack, uh, they put me on a whole ton of meds, um, and I refused to take the majority of them, but I was left with with a few that were absolutely necessary. And one particular med was causing me insane amounts of pain. My joints were stiffening up. My muscles were locking up. It was, it was really dumb. Uh, and in fact, I still have residual effects from that. Uh, but it was causing me not to release the lactic acid in my, in my system. So my muscles were just and they would lock up and then I couldn't move or my joints were just completely, I couldn't bend my arms. I couldn't walk upstairs. I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to die. What is going on here? Wow. And I thought, well, this is my life after a heart attack, I guess. Um, so finally after about a year, just in a, in a short version of this, um, after a year I go to my doctor and she's like, Oh, it sounds like it's this med. Just quit taking it. I'm like, oh, well, thanks. Well, that would have been I'm nice. Like, that would have been great to know when I was telling you about this four months ago. But yeah, so it ended up being uh, the medication that I was taking. In that year span, I'm allergic to NSAIDs, so I can't take ibuprofen. I can't take any of that stuff. And I'm not about to get on, you know, any any kind of opiates or anything like that. So I started doing some research and found some spices that you can find in your cupboards in your kitchen that really uh, do make a huge difference. Um, Turmeric, cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg, and cayenne pepper. And I mix it all into a shot glass. I add honey to it. I stir it up. And I, and I take it every single day and that sounds like good stuff. Like that, that's on a supplement box. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, and so how bonfire honey turned into chocolates and caramels is that my cousin owns a chocolate company. And I said, damn, this would be really good with chocolate. And I called up my cousin and I gave her the ingredients. She turned around and made this batch of gourmet chocolates and so now you get 
the health benefit of all the spices that are in in the chocolate and they actually help reduce inflammation. I've had I've okay, so with this chocolate I had a friend who has RSD. And I don't know if you know what RSD is, but on a pain scale, childbirth is where it begins and then it goes up from there up to 50. You need some of this stuff. I know. She's in so much pain herself. I have fibromyalgia and after I got COVID, it got really Really bad. bad. Yeah. Yeah, And and I'm just it takes It takes all the inflammation. It doesn't take all of it. And I'm not here to say that it this is, you know, it. endorses it or, you know, I'm not saying that, Hey, this is a medical miracle or anything like that. But I'll tell you what, when I took it, when I still take it, all of a sudden I could walk upstairs. I didn't have to have my kids pull me out of a chair. I couldn't get out of a chair. And when I finally got up on my feet, it took me like 30 seconds to get my first step forward because of the amount of pain in my hips and my knees, my everything. Mm-hmm. And, and so I started taking it. Um, Tumeric's great for reducing inflammation in the heart and, and your, your veins. But yeah, I've got, you know, all these things. Um, cayenne actually kills viruses. It's a known, um, yeah. you know, so mm-hmm. it can stop from getting sick so much. Um, cinnamon is also great for uh, regulating your blood sugar levels and and it's also an anti-inflammatory. It also um, kicks cancer in the butt. Um, yeah, I mean, not too bad. Everything everything I put in there has has benefits. Um, but yeah, I've got a guy who had RSD in his arm, and he was at a party at our house, and he's like, "I got to go because if I if I don't get home and take my meds, I'm going to end up in the hospital in the morning." And I said, "Dude, try my sauce." And I gave him this, I gave him the mix and he ate it. And within 20 minutes, he said, dude, the pain's gone. And the next morning I hit him up and I said, how's your arm? And he's like, it's like, it never happened. And I hit him up at the end of the week and he's like, I don't have a problem. I should be in the hospital right now. And so he has, so he had that. Um, and he hasn't been, he hasn't had a flare up since he's been taking it. Hmm. I've got, I've got a friend cool. of mine who has a plate in his head, um, who has a drainage tube that goes down. Oh yeah. And, uh, so he's got chronic migraines and nerve damage. He takes it. He hit up his doctor and asked if it was okay to, to, uh, if these spices were okay. And he's like, yeah, you're in your kitchen counter or in your kitchen cabinet. You can try it. He tried it. And migraines are going away. Nerve pain is cutting down. Um, he doesn't have as many pain flare-ups. And then um, I have... Uh, That's another, awesome. You know, I mean, that it is just, awesome. The, the list just goes on and on. I've got people that have, you know, so do you chronic sell this migraines. Stuff or you just make it for friends? No, no, we, we sell it. You can go to bonfirehoney.buzz. Well, hello. Excellent. Yeah, and I mean, because, I mean, it's way, here's the thing. It probably tastes delicious. I mean, the ingredients I, taste good. I I'm, mean, I'm out right now. And, and cinnamon. Yeah, I know. I mean, oh, I want. I would eat it. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, go, go check it out. Online. If you're going to eat some sweets anyways. You and have a good well. for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, and my cousin uses nothing but, um, top-notch ingredients. So there's no artificial ingredients in there whatsoever. So the shelf life's pretty short on them, but 
who cares? You're going to eat them. <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't. Uh, yeah, don't I we? mean, what about any local markets or anything? You're going to sell some, maybe some of these at some local markets. I want to try to get into some local markets. Um, right now we were just taking a break from it because, um, <laughs> supply and demand really, or supply at the supply chain, um, that's going on right now. But, um, we're working on bigger things too, like ice cream and um, salad dressing and all of that. So it's like with all the same ingredients in there and it's, it's, yeah, it's every, everything just keeps coming up gold with this stuff. So we're, we're really happy with it. Yeah. That's awesome. I think you should try some. Chris. I really it's do worth too. A shot. I'm yeah. going to order some. My, oh, well my, my aunt who has arthritis, she, um, I also have arthritis. Her, she's like I'm up there gym. in uh, her late seventies and she swears by it. And so she, she just puts the honey on her toast and it tastes like French. I thought toast. you said That's toes awesome. at first. She puts it on her toes. Just puts it on her toes. Helps that arthritis in her toes. <laughs> Good for the skin, too. Rub it all you know? over your elbows. And- oh, man. Actually, a lot of that stuff is good externally because I got really big into making some THC CBD creams yeah. to try to combat my pain for a while. And like cayenne pepper is really good topically. Oh, and, yes. And turmeric. And yeah, like all it's it's great. Pour it on your toes. They'll look Pour fabulous in the morning. Toes. It'll just stain them for a day. No biggie. Oh, <laughs> hey, nail man. polish. No, I'm glad. I, I, I had no idea you were doing that. I'm glad I kind of asked that yeah. question. Yeah. What else is going on here, yeah, John? Man, I kind of, you know, I did, I just thought it was the films and, and, and all of that. I yeah, didn't, no, I didn't I'm, know you were making some some yummy little treats there. And I'm, and, I'm all about uh, helping people and helping. changing lives. Now that I think about it, I remember back, um, wasn't there a similar, re- you sent me a recipe of some sort back when I had COVID. I that's say. what I was telling was you. Was that it, the same recipe mm-hmm. back when? And I, that's when, the stuff that actually I've had, had people get it. And I said, take it. And they're done in two, three days. Yeah. Wow. They're, they're like over it. in like yeah, two just to three days. The immune system up. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Gee, that is awesome. And it, because the thing with COVID is that it's a, it's a, it inflames your cells. Yeah. That's one of the things mm-hmm. that it does. Uh, as you know, fibromyalgia, <laughs> I feel it. you I can literally feel it, feel it everywhere. Yeah. So everything <laughs> yeah. in it is an anti-inflammatory. Again, why I had to take it because I can't take any NSAIDs. I can't take ibuprofen, yeah, which is a good thing. Cause can you imagine if. You know, I mean, I was, I was pounding ibuprofen when I was, you know, growing up. And then all of a sudden when I hit my forties, my body's like, you're done. And so I'd take it and my throat would swell up. Oh, wow. Like, wow. You developed an allergy. Oh, I, yeah. Wow. It was like candy. That sucks. Cause you know, all my years skiing and cycling and all my sports growing up and everything just beating my body senseless. Dude, that's what you did back in the day. You would just get a bottle of aspirin or Advil, whatever, just pour almost a yep. handful of it. Dude, I'd, I'd drop four, I'd drop four <laughs> Advil before. I don't know, man. I'd, I'd drop four Advil before I'd go skiing. Wow. Yeah. Just, just I guess preemptive, I used to take, preemptive beatings, I've you know. taken eight, what is it? It, it would be the equivalent of eight ibuprofens. Probably two to three times a day, almost my whole life. Dang, which is not great for your tummy, uh, or liver, kidneys, or yeah, I know. Like, but yeah. it's like, what else is there? Sauce, sauce. <laughs> I like it. The uh, yes. The... Anyway, sorry. No, you're <laughs> so good. Bon, bonfire honey. Bonfire, bonfire honey. Bonfire honey. Uh, yeah, found you on Facebook. Take it uh, like uh, 
And and the thing is, is, I can show you guys how to do it, but you put it in a shot glass and you just mix it up with like a chopstick. Because if you eat, if you just spoonful that, you that's no good. Melt your. I face remember off. the cinnamon challenge too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. The ingredients by themselves don't. Yeah. Do so and the other the other key is it has to be raw honey because processed honey for whatever reason it just does not have the same kick. Same enzymes too. I think raw yeah, honey has a, a certain kind of enzymes in yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, and if you boil it out, it's it's yeah. it's useless. But yeah, so raw honey with those ingredients, stir it all up together, and then um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, honestly. And then when you first start taking it, take it two to three times a day and then cut it down to like, do that for a week. And then once to twice a day from there on or as needed. And I I guarantee you, you'll be like, whoa. And I'm going to tell you all your listeners a great secret. If you really want it to hit the system well, do a shot of whiskey with it. There you go. So in that shot glass, you just mix the other half of that with the whiskey and stir it all up, and it's it's a power shot. And you will just all of a sudden go, whoa, and it'll wake you right wow. up straight to the system. I, yeah, I have a buddy of mine who, uh, he's like, I'm not drunk, but I feel very empowered. And yeah. So. There you hey, go. whiskey was invented by housewives as a medicine, so. So once again. I'm on board. <laughs> and, and you could even get the honey whiskey. <gasps> Ooh, oh Yeah. So all kinds of good ideas. Yep. We got our Salt Lake City questions. We got to ask John. Please. I don't know if I was asking these six years ago. Maybe I was. I can't remember when I started asking these questions. And, and, and I'm sure I that, know you did a quick round, like, you know, I, speed round yeah. or something. Like that. I'm like, uh, yeah, no, was, no, these are just kind of fun questions. And I'm and, ready. And the uh, final three. Yeah. They're just kind of like, so the first question is, is, you know, we have family and friends that visit us and they want us to show us, they want us to show them around mm-hmm. where are some places you like to take people when they come to utah when they come to salt lake i mean you know some people say the lake or park city or the mountains or, or i don't know do you yeah. have a favorite place you like to take people to i love taking people up into the mountains okay so snowbird uh park city um you know if they want to go for a hike then up to Brighton or something like that. Nothing real massive. Cause you know, altitude sickness, most of my family's coming from sea level and I've, <laughs> I've had family get altitude sickness halfway up and I'm oh, like, man, yeah. yeah, I mean, they literally came from Brazil, landed that day, wanted to go for a hike and they were, they were toasted out of oxygen. Oh yeah. yeah. They were struggling. Oh yeah. The, so I was like, so I don't know thinner. if you want to go today. Let's give it a couple of you days. Need to recoup a you little need bit to first. acclimate to the lack of oxygen. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah. Um, but yeah, the mountains, I absolutely love the mountains. Um, I like showing them downtown. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I, I avoid the city center, uh, as much as possible. I don't want to give them <laughs> too much business, but, uh, everything else, all the old classic buildings and everything like that. Beer Hive, big shout out to Beer Hive. Love those guys, Dell and all them. It's a great place. And Downtown's like, pretty cool what they what's what's I, happened over the last few years. I mean, it's really growing. Did I did I understand correctly that on the weekends they close they close uh, Main Street down from First South to Third South so people can walk in the middle of there? Was or is that just summertime? I they I know they did it during COVID and then I read an article recently that they were thinking about doing it permanently. They need to do that permanently that would yeah. be because so I've been cool. saying that for 
15 years ever since the ever since tracks went through there because you can't park there yeah and it's like why not have people just walking through all there with all the all the town the the little shops and everything like that i think that would have been great you've got places for bands to play yeah get the damn cars off that section of road you know yeah and i'm glad they finally did it Somebody yeah. heard me somewhere, I guess. <laughs> Somebody was listening to Utah Musicians Radio. Right? I know, right? When I was doing the, yeah, the Cat's Den maybe podcast. You were, yeah, maybe you were. <laughs> what, uh, what about some favorite local eating spots? You got one or two favorite places you like to eat at? I mean, uh, oh, or, or, you know, I know maybe it's been a minute. I don't know. It's been a minute since I've, since I've gone out and, like, had any, like, uh, oh, Bombay House. Yeah, okay. Bombay House. That, okay. that, that's a must. Okay. Yeah. Mm, they're, on, they're on Foothill. What would you change about Salt Lake City or the area if you could? I mean, I guess you kind of said something with that open streets there, shutting down Main Street, I guess is something you would change if... Yeah, I mean, that that would be the main one is is having it more accessible for people and, and being able to, you know, because that, you know, the thing that I love about Salt Lake is that, yes, it's compact. Um, you can get to so many different places. Um, but the parking just blows. And so if you can take tracks in and then just walk through the city and all that, I think that's like, cause I remember, uh, if I remember right, Denver did that. Denver has a spot where you just, yeah, I actually was thinking about that while you were talking. I was just there this year and it was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it, yeah, I think we need, I think we need a place like that and busking finally, you know, where, you know, people can just whip out their guitar and start strumming a tune. I think that's great. Um, street performers need that. Oh my God. We got a few but, of them downtown. Yeah. yeah, we do. And that's, and again, it goes back to the, how amazing, uh, Salt Lake really is how amazing Utah in itself is that not a lot of people understand just how great this place is, um, with all the talent. Yeah, the the busking, the performers, the all of that stuff. The the, the underground the art scene is so back in the nineties. I'll, I'll go back into the nineties, but the underground scene back in the nineties was. You told so me some stories, John. Dead. I remember some of the stories you told me about the underground tunnels and stuff. Yeah, man. man, it's it's crazy. Like an art show in the tunnels. You know, you're like going man, what? So and it's fun. like a flash. It was like just where they where you go in and it's out. You know, you, you, they, it was there and shop. then it was gone. Yeah. I mean, it was wow. like just an art show for a very limited few people that were invited. And, uh, if you knew somebody that knew somebody and you knew how to get in, you got in and got to see some pretty cool shit. What's crazy about that though, is over the last few years, other people have told me very similar stories and I'm really? like, Oh, well, I heard that first from John. So, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> that must be, that up. must be true. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually just somebody the other day talking about all the underground tunnels in downtown. Mm-hmm. And actually it was a photo walk I did. I went and did a photo walk and they were talking about how most of them are closed off. The stores have kind of closed them off. Yeah. They've all closed uh, them off and everything. But I mean, that's where, you know, that's how Brigham bootlegged most of his booze out there to get to all the different. Yeah. Know. So yeah. Dang. Brigham, Brigham was a, he, was he, he a, knew how to brew beer. Character. Yeah. Character. I personally have issues with Brigham Young. Well, yeah, but <laughs> that's not I, give, I give that guy props for uh, the amount of beer that guy produced. Yeah. 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 I mean, there was a whole bunch of, I mean, thanks to him, you had two, you had two bars on every corner and on a, on a city block, you could have 
two and now they've cut it down to one, but you can still get a bar on every, every side on every block here. So, which is nice. Good old Brigham. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the whiskey. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about before we wrap this episode up, John? I mean, it's been a, it's been a heck of a chat. I mean, so glad to finally get you on back on the podcast after six years. I, I mean, know. I um, mean, I'm, you know, I, I uh, was, uh, before I was coming over here, I was thinking, all right, man, you know, because I'm, uh, as somebody that has interviewed like thousands of people, bands, you know, combined, um, you know, uh, over 12 years, that's crazy. Um, I was thinking, man, do I, do I, do I get the opportunity to ask Chris questions? Let's do well? it. What do you got? Oh, what do you got? snap. What, what, he turned it around. What do you got? Because... I want people to know, I want people to know the Chris. I want people to know like who you are. Can yeah. you go by the Chris now? The Chris. <laughs> it's the Chris. The Chris. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You might have uh, just nicknamed me that. Yeah, John. All right. Here we go. The Chris, the next show. The Chris interviews. <laughs> no, you know what? And I think you're, yeah. you're, you're right, though, because I think a lot of people don't get to know who, who I really am. I mean, a lot of times we spotlight the, the people on the podcast. When is the last time you guys have uh, interviewed one another for a show? It's been a few years. It's been a few years. You know, have we ever interviewed each other? I, th- I no, think we I did during you. COVID. I think we did during COVID. Yeah, there we was, probably there did. was yeah. a couple of episodes we did. What if we tried to interview each other at the same time? <laughs> that <laughs> would a be a lot challenge. of questions. <laughs> Yeah. No, <laughs> all but, right. So, all right. But things are constantly changing though, right? There's like constantly new stuff happening in our yeah. lives that we don't get a chance to talk about. Yeah. I mean, so, so let me ask you this. Sure. Um, what was the most memorable interview? Episode 30 with John Farmer. Oh, he's kissing my... <laughs> That's yeah. a tough That's one. That's a... I mean, I know it's, I know the it's most a tough memorable one. interview. I mean, there, there's been interviews that have stood out a little bit more. Sure. And, okay. and I, and there was, there was one, I wish I knew the episode number and I know I talk about this one a lot. Uh, the sex doll episode when we had the guy on that made sex dolls in Spanish fork, just because <laughs> Utah a, County again, sex dolls. All right. yeah. again, you wouldn't expect that in Utah. Right. No, I mean that's uh, and so those are the those those are the conversations it's really, that it's I'm like, nice to be able to sit down with adults who do do things that are unusual, right? Yeah. Around here. And and be able to talk like adults about it. Yeah. yeah. That's the really That's the nice cool part, part is when you can talk like an adult. Yeah. yeah. Um thanks to you though. Yeah. One of your uh guests, uh I can't remember his name's driving me nuts, but uh, he was part of the Atheist Alliance. Uh, what's his name? Anyway, somebody on that came on the podcast. Yes, okay. I was at my studio. Okay, he was an atheist. I think he was the head of the Utah chapter. Of, um, had a beard and all that, and he brought swag. That's like everybody that came on the podcast. <laughs> Pretty much. I know. Who Just am I talking to? Of- a guy with the beard. Yeah, I, was gonna say, I, I, I used to be the guy with the big beard. You know? oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's the heathen. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, man, that, that episode and sitting there, um, I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's me. And, and so thanks to, to that episode and bringing that guy in, um, it really opened my eyes. And I think that's one of the things that I love about your show is that like the sex doll in Utah County, um, it opens your eyes to 
um, our culture, um, and various um, ways of thinking, various views that this state has to offer. And I, and I love it and I appreciate everything that you do. Um, but I'm still not done with the questions. <laughs> no, you're good. Let's do that. <laughs> but I, but again, that moment um, was kind of a quintessential moment for me in changing my entire belief system and letting go of a lot of things that were causing me a lot of problems. And, and so that was, that was really nice, man. Well, thank you. Um, all right. Uh, have you interviewed a band? Like, have, for, it, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to have bands on all of the time, actually, back in the day. That's right. Um, Who was your favorite band? Favorite band. You know, there was a band. Yeah, did you ever listen to John Ross Boyce and his troubles? Oh yeah. Back in the day, uh, episode 10. I actually recorded it with them at a place called Totems. I don't know if you've ever been to I Totems. I remember Totems, yeah. Out right on Redwood Road. Uh, out in Redwood Road there. <laughs> I recorded it. You know, and the funniest thing about it, this this here here's a here's a funny podcasting story. I had I you know, I get all this podcast equipment. It was one of the first ones. I had the microphones, I had it all set up. I had my laptop going, this whole thing. I brought it all to Totems and set it up there in the back so it was to record it. I can't remember at what point in the evening. But anyway, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. The entire interview was recorded on my laptop <laughs> through the microphone on my like so the microphones I, re- I remember that. The, the microphones oh, didn't work. And yeah, so mm-hmm. so I you know, the whole the whole podcast is recorded like on the microphone on my lap. But it was still a fun conversation with those guys and and John has, uh, you know, I've stayed in touch with him. He's been back on the podcast through the years, but, uh, nice. You know, I love those guys. And, and, uh, I'm trying to think who else. I mean, there's been other bands. I've had Folk Hogan. I mean, I've had those guys through multiple times. Oh, yeah. I love, uh, Folk gotta Hogan. love Folk Hogan, Nick Passy. They're a classic. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You can't, you can't go wrong yeah. with Folk Hogan. But those are a couple. Yeah. No, no. I love it. I love it. No. Um, all right. What's your favorite color? Favorite color. Um, I don't even know this. You know, growing up, I always said red, but I, you know, I, I don't necessarily go out of my way for red things as I'm wearing a red shirt, I guess. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, I, I don't know if I really have a favorite color right now. Hmm. I don't know. Does everybody have a favorite color? What's your favorite color, I don't Chrissy? Know. You know, <clears throat> that's a tough question for me because yeah. like all colors to me have a personality yeah. and so I can't truly love one over the other because they all have a unique personality and I appreciate all of them. And yeah, you know, so yeah, I don't, so uh, long story (laughs) short, I don't have a favorite color either, but if I did, it would probably be Robin egg blue. I'm drawn to that color. Yeah. Very specific there. Well, you know, either that or like a sage green. Yeah. Weird, weird colors, but yeah. Very nice. Orange. It's my orange. Orange is a good one. That's orange, a good, yellow. friendly, energetic I like those, you color. Know, yeah, 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 kind of those. It says a lot about your personality, I think, mm. when you talk about favorite colors. That's Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. The last one that I've got for you, and I've asked this one, I think, in my prior interview with you. Okay. But I'll ask you. I mean, it's been again. years. It's so. been six years, so I think we can. Time's elapsed. I'm yeah. sure you may have changed. I probably forgot. You know, so here we answer, go. Maybe. Here we go. Uh, if you could meet anybody living or dead. Oh, I remember this question. And I'm, I think I, I, you know, I used to always say Johnny Cash, uh, living or dead. That's uh, a tough who, one. And the, the question is living or dead interview. And what would your very first question be? Well, okay. So if you were to interview okay. somebody living or dead. 
We're going to need a whiteboard for this. And, and then. The first <laughs> quite, I mean, well, my, the first thing that came to my mind, I've never said this. I, I would, George Carlin would be one that I would Ooh, definitely. Mm, excellent choice. Would like yeah. somebody who's, who's, who's passed on that I wished mm-hmm. I would have had an opportunity to even see, you know, perform. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's who my answer is going to be. I don't know what my first, what my question would be though. I mean, oh gosh, I don't know. know. How did you make it back from being dead? That would have been my question. That's a good one. How did you cheat uh, No, Tell me. Well, here's a fun one. I always ask this one to people, not always, but occasionally I'll ask, you know, what did your childhood smell like? So I'll be like, George, what did your childhood smell like? There you go. That would be a fantastic that, question to ask George would, Carlin. That would be, yeah. would be a cool yeah, question. Yeah, because he, he would just probably give you an interesting answer. Yeah. I don't know. All right, what is yours? What is my what? The question you just asked about. Oh, what does my childhood smell like? Yeah. The ocean in, in a goat's. Because it's a mixture of the ocean air growing up along the beach in California, and then we raised goats and chickens and ducks oh, and all nice. of that. So kind of a mixture of those, nice. those smells. Nice. How about you? Me. Um, probably freshly cut wood and farm and hay. Oh, wow. Manure. Very, lots of manure. <laughs> nice. I Well, we visited my uncle's farm every summer, and yeah. it was always the best part of my childhood, so... I grew up in the avenues. So for me, it was like the, there, there's two moments. One, when I would walk home from a friend's house and go down third Avenue and smelling all of the neighbors cooking dinner and each one had a different smell. That's something I think we've all lost. I think the kids today will never understand what it was like to walk home and be able to smell each home because you didn't really have That's pizza. True. You didn't have. Yeah. So when you're walking home, it'd be like, oh, the Jones are having uh, 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 lasagna. Lasagna. Thank yeah. you. That I was, was what I was going to say. Lasagna. <laughs> and then, what? oh, they're having pot roast. Oh, they're having fish. Oh, they're. And you could smell each one very distinctly mm-hmm. yeah. as you go home. And and I, I still to this day remember that walking home and smelling oh, each home's dinner. And what they were cooking and waiting and just getting excited to get home and find out what my mom was making. And that doesn't happen anymore. No, no. Okay. I I have to add on to mine because we had a bakery in my hometown and the carnation plant or something was there. So it always smelled like fresh bread and hot chocolate. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. That would be Mm, memories, food. You know, back to your interview question, you know who I ran into last night? We went to the best of Utah party, right? The city weekly ran into Tim Smith. Timothy Smith, oh, remember yeah. uh, from Five Wives? When we Absolutely. Brought, the first time uh, uh, I interviewed him uh, at at the studio there, I yeah. think you introduced him. Uh, somehow connected to bring him on the podcast. So yep. I, I want to thank you publicly for that connection. Oh, you know, it was, it was happy about it's that, fun man. to run into him from time to time still. Yeah. And and uh, we were we were I was mentioning you last night. I was like, oh, I'm chatting with John tomorrow. Oh, right. You on. know, so. How's he doing? He's doing doing right? good. Doing Fantastic. good. Just out celebrating with uh, all of his delicious beverages that uh, <laughs> they got going on mm-hmm. over there at Ogden's own. Very so, nice. And then they, I haven't been up to. They got the new warehouse going. I mean, they've been. They got for the new warehouse, or two or and I think so. they're working on a new like uh, bar or something like that. Yeah, too. he was mentioning oh, that. Yeah, I guess there is yeah. a bar in there. Actually, oh, you it's, got oh, it's well, it's up and going. But I, I got a sneak peek. Okay. And, oh, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It, it, you will just. Okay. Okay. It's trip amazing. to Ogden. Okay. It, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I would, I would make that trip specifically for that. 
And I'm not one for just like going out to a bar 50 miles away, but damn. It's an experience. It is. It, it, yeah, it's what I saw was pretty damn amazing. Very cool. Yeah. So yeah, definitely support them. How can listeners connect with you again, John? What's, what's your website address as we kind of wrap this episode up and stuff. So the best way to get a hold of me is on Facebook right now. Uh, just go to Utah Musicians and Entertainment. Uh, you'll find me there. You can look me up on Facebook. You can find me on. <laughs> you can find me now on IMDb. Uh, but just you know, Facebook is really kind of the best place to message me right now. Um, I will uh, as soon as like twenty two uh, twenty twenty two comes out. Um, I'll absolutely. Uh, do like a big reveal. And once the website's up and running, once we get all the bugs, oops, once we get all the bugs out of the system and everything like that, um, and the station's back up. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely have everybody find a way to get a hold of me. Very cool. It's just John Farmer on Facebook, man. Just- yeah. John Farmer on Facebook, look up Zepstone or okay. Bonfire Honey and, and all that. And you'll, you'll be able to find me that way. And I'll put all the links uh, at IamSaltLake.com as well. So if you're not, you know, you didn't write any of that down. What did I say? This is like episode 524 or something like that. Yeah. I, I don't know. Whatever. Look at, look at, look at whatever. And that's that's just, crazy, man. And th- I love that. Yeah. 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 That, that is so, that is so fantastic, man. I, I, uh, yeah, I, I I love how far you've come with this. <laughs> well, thank you. Dude, great. Nine years, man. Nine, Nine years. years of doing this podcast. I mean, seriously, I'm going to put the, and I'll put the links, especially that first one, episode 30. I want to go back and listen to it now just because <laughs> I want to see how far that this, this podcast has come. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Dude, I think we recorded that. I was living in that little studio. Was that... Was that Let's the first see. time episode? No, that wasn't episode no, thirty. No, thirty was. Oh, that was the ex-wife's uh, sewing shop. Sewing shop. Yeah, and then the one after that was inside your the little your studio, studio apartment. apartment. Yeah, that when I moved into the avenues after been, my uh, divorce, this is about the size of this room. I was gonna, I was gonna say <laughs> this is this would be a luxurious it. apartment for what yeah. it was. Right? I love it when we bring on guests who have been on during that phase because you all have the exact same reaction when they talk about the studio Looking apartment. At the room They're just like, like yep, everybody so looks that. around and goes, it'd fit in this room. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it would. Dude, that was such a I, small, but I loved it there. It was so great. It was like close close to downtown, so I could just walk downtown. Dude, you, it was like 400 it, bucks a month for rent. Dude, it was so cheap. Was, I know. Do you know what that, that space would probably go for today? Like $1,400. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's what's for ridiculous. That yeah, yeah, that's that. probably true. Rent just, has gone up so much. It's insane. Yeah. It is so crazy. I can't even I can't even wrap my head around what's going on right yeah. now cuz we were literally just ready to go when the flood came in and everybody started buying up homes for an enormous amount of money for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. I can't, I still can't even rationalize why homes went up. I mean, I do, but it's it's still so crazy how much homes are going for today. Yeah. Like It's a little nerve-wracking. I know I I know a home that uh, five years ago would have gone, oh shit, I'll just use, I'll use my house in Codwood Heights, my old house. Um, we, it went on sale after we sold it. They went and fixed it up and put it for $335,000. Which was a lot back in the day. <laughs> for mm-hmm. a house that was about the size of this room. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, I know right now it's going for half a million. Hell yeah. And it's, it's wow. 1400 square feet and yeah. it's not worth 
it's not worth $250,000, but yet it's going for double that. And it just astounds me. I'm like, for what? For what? The yard? Because that's literally the greatest thing about it is it had a great backyard. But yeah, other well, than that, pfft, nothing. Why? <laughs> I did, you know? I, Why? It, yeah. It is Didn't even have a basement. Salt Lake City's the hot city now, man. I know. I know. You know, people said it. it. People said it. They said it, it was 10 years ago. They said, hey, we're the next Portland. We're the next Seattle. Did, we're I, not, the next... did I not call you it? You said it. Yeah, I know I you said, said it. it. I said it. Now we just need to stop shutting down venues, yeah. like music yeah. venues. That is pissing me off. Like during COVID, um, the best way to shut down a venue was just saying, oh, you're not COVID compliant. And they annihilated half of the, the venues right there. Just yeah. On the spot. And and uh, I'm glad that there's still a handful left. But what the hell? Again, all this amazing music, all of this amazing talent, artists, filmmakers, musicians, photographers, everybody out there, artists in general are plentiful in this state. And yet there's this thumb right over us just like, nah, we don't like that. And it's like, well, you know. You want to be a Mecca. You want to, you want to grow into this, you know, world. You need to start letting venues open back up. And, and, you know, I think if venues were smart too, they wouldn't just be a cave. That's the thing that drives me nuts with a lot of these bars out there today is there's no character, black walls, black ceiling, easy to clean, limited. Yeah. Concrete floors and a couple of tables bolted to the floor. And it's like, why? Why aren't you giving yourself some character? Bring out like like the depot is a great example of that. The stateroom is a great example of that. But then there's all these other bars that are just painted black, and it's like, give me something more than a sports bar. Give me, uh, give me some place that I want to come back to, not just oh this band's playing. I want to go there for the experience. I want to go there for the food. I want to go there for the like a watchtower cafe of live music. Yeah, That's- yeah, yeah. Didn't you? You did a live show there at Watchtower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You uh, helped me out with that show. That was yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, See again, we've helped each other out through the years. Always, man. man I will Family. do whatever I can to help you out. Oh, that, thank you. That's really, um, again, what I love doing. But yeah, uh, you know, so. Um, the biggest thing I can say for any politicians that may be listening to this is pull your head out of your ass and start bringing in some venues. Like let's, let's loosen up the laws so that we can actually uh, let our people enjoy, enjoy the world. Chrissy has a final question. I'm going to let her ask the question. Thank you, John. Thank you. Sir. And uh, we'll have your wife on in a few weeks. Oh, I can't wait for her to come in here. Cause she's going to, yeah, she's, yeah. she is a dynamo. Yeah. That'll be a, fun. She is a powerhouse. I can't wait to meet her. I haven't even I'm, met her yet. I don't maybe I, I maybe I have. I'm, I don't know. I am you truly know. one of the luckiest guys in the world, man. Hands down. She's hey, I thought I was lucky. Well, you <laughs> are cute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, John. I'm kidding. Man. Okay, but right. before we let you go, All right. would you leave our listeners with a motto or piece of life advice that you live by or you wish they would live by? <sighs> this is a big one. I've been expanding it so that you can kind of say whatever you want. <laughs> um, don't believe everything that's fed to you. Use your brain and uh, find alternative sources, especially in this day and age. Um, there's so much crap out there being fed by 
the governments, by uh, religious leaders. You be your own person. Love yourself. As soon as you start loving yourself, you'll be able to love others. That will start shining through on the internet. You'll be able to start spreading positivity across the board to everybody. Um, feel good about yourself. Love yourself. Take time for you. Love yourself. That is probably the most important thing is just, just take time and love yourself. All right. Many thanks to John Farmer for joining us on this episode of the podcast. Kind of crazy that it took six years to get him back through here, but it was great to catch up, find out what he was up to. I can't wait to try some of that honey stuff and, and see if that helps some of Chrissy's ailments. Hey, anyway, it is the first episode of the month, the first episode of December, and that means it is time to give some love to our Patreon supporters. I love these guys, these these people, I guess, these folks that support this podcast. We got some great individuals uh, like Jeremy Hunt, Jen Seals, Mark Copeland, Brett A. Schmidt, Todd Bjorkland, Michelle Stevens-Williams, Christopher A. Heiser, Brandon Hill from Mountain Standard Time Marketing, Jay Chambers, Sana, John Miller, Eric Tomorrow, Nicole Davison, Nikki Line, and Ryan Prince. All awesome people for uh, helping keep the uh, the podcast going forward uh, by being Patreon supporters. Head on over to patreon.com slash I am Salt Lake. And that will get you to our Patreon page if you want to be a supporter. Hey, but before I end this episode, I want to make sure to let you guys know that the very first episode of I Am Salt Lake podcast for 2022 is going to be an interview with yours truly, myself. Uh, Rob Adams is actually going to interview me this time around. I don't know if you guys remember uh, from back on the Thanksgiving Heroes episode, he is the... uh, he is the man behind Thanksgiving Heroes, and he's actually going to be interviewing me. I, for you know, I got brought up in a conversation with him, and he volunteered to interview me. And I was like, you know, he actually would probably be a heck of an interviewer. So I'm kind of, kind of excited to see what happens there. So what I need you guys to do is submit your questions by December 27th. Submit them to me. Email them to me, Chris at IamSaltLake.com. Um, and then that way we can make sure to ask them on the podcast. So if you guys have any questions, any burning, uh, burning questions that you just have to ask me, reach out, ask them about myself, about the podcast, about my life, whatever. I'd love to hear them. Get them in by December 27th. So that's not very far away. That way it'll be the first episode of 2022. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast too. So that way that episode gets sent right to your, uh, to whatever app you listen to podcasts in. So, hey, that's going to do it for this episode. Make sure to uh, get out and enjoy the city. It's going to be beautiful this week. And uh, support local whenever possible. And we'll see you guys on the next episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast.